I know that. <laughs> Wonderful to see everyone this morning, especially if you're a guest. Thanks for being here and being a part of our assembly today. And once you know that you are welcome, and if you're passing through and you stopped in today, thank you for doing that. Come back anytime you have a chance. And if you're from our area and you are a guest today, uh, please know that we, are, we are, appreciate you being here and know that you're always welcome anytime you have a chance. Make sure you come back. And, uh, and, and be with us and uh, worship our Lord together and think about uh, our Savior and what He's done and who He is. This morning we're going to be talking about passionate about God, with a question mark. Passionate about God. And that's the question I'd like to ask today. Are you passionate about God? You know, if you think about it, there's a lot of, uh, uh, oh, tremendous art and music that has been written. Uh, wonderful things have been have taken place. Uh, uh, people have um, made great scientific discoveries, figured out how to cure a lot of terrible things. And you know how they did it? They did it because they were passionate about it. And so... I thought, you know, maybe I need to come up with a definition, but I don't think I really knew because you guys know what I mean, right? If I say, man, he is passionate about golf, all right? Doesn't mean he's good at it, it just means he's passionate about it, right? If I say she's passionate about uh, quilting, you, you, get, you know, in other words, you already get the idea. Well, that, that's what they like to do. Uh, matter of fact, that you can be passionate about, well, my, you can be passionate about anything, People are different, and, and people are passionate about a lot of different stuff. As a matter of fact, if you were to uh, type into your computer, uh, uh, I have a passion for, you would find everything. People are passionate about all kinds of stuff. There's even a book written, A Passion for Potatoes. <laughs> right, people can be passionate about all kinds of stuff. And, so, and, and because people are different, and because people are, are passionate about different things, we accept that, right? We know people are different. We know some people like this and some people like... And, and, and really what happens is, in life, as you go through life, the things that you're passionate about seem to be you'll kind of develop a little group of, of like passion people. That if you, really, you know, if you really like potatoes, you'll get around a lot of people that talk about potatoes a lot. And, you know, different ways to cook them and, and how to grow them and et cetera, et cetera. Right? You tend to do that, right? Being passionate about something, everybody in the world says, yeah, everybody's got something. But here's one thing that's weird, is you can't be passionate about God. People don't want you to do that. You see some Yahoo, Yahoo, some old fellow on television and he's got a mohawk painted blue down the middle, and he's got a chest all painted with the name of some sports team, and he's on television. <laughs> we all say, oh, yeah, he's passionate about his team, right? But then they show somebody worshiping God and say, oh, those religious fanatics, right? They're just, you can be passionate about stuff as long as it's not God. Now, you can like it, but you've got to be quiet about it. Or you can be passionate about it, but you can't let anybody know about it, Right? And with that kind of idea that, you know, what's wrong with us being passionate about God? And just think about all the things that are involved with the idea of being passionate about something. Why can't we do that? Because really you don't have to paint your chest blue to be passionate about your team, do you? Because even when they show that picture of the, of the you guys know the ones, right? It's 30 below, snow's blowing. And they show four or five guys, and they'll all be here with no shirts on, right? 
ah, just screaming and yelling, having such a... But then there's a guy threw three or four seats down there. He's cuddled, he's huddled up. He's got all this coat on, and he's going... He likes it too, but he just doesn't show it quite the same, right? And he may be just as passionate about it as they are. So therefore, I'm not saying that you've got to be, you know, weird about it. I'm just saying, can't we be passionate about God and godly things? As a matter of fact, when you read, and we've read several times this verse in Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was asked, what's the first and greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Does that not sound passionate to you? With everything you are? Seconds like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Now that sounds like passion to me. Matter of fact, this is actually the contemporary English version says this, love the Lord your God with all of your passion and prayer, and intelligence. So the idea is that, I mean, even when Jesus was saying, how am I supposed to act? How are people supposed to act towards you? Well, they act in passion. Everything, heart, soul, mind. Now, why can't it be? Now, again, I know I live in a world where people are going to say, wait a minute, you are being too fanatic about this. You've heard people say religious nuts, religious fanatics, right? What they mean is, in many cases, not all the time, because sometimes you have people doing strange things in the name of Christianity or religion. Okay, and I'm not talking about those things. As a matter of fact, uh, most of the time when people talk about religious fanatics today, they're talking about Muslims who would kill or be killed in order to take somebody else's life. Okay, religious fanatics, nuts, people that, now they are passionate. There's no doubt about it. They're passionate about what they're doing, all right. But I'm just, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pushing this, oh, we got to, no. My point is this. It should be something, when you think about something that you're passionate about, it should be something that you give heart, soul, and mind to. You think about it. You dwell on it. You're excited about it. You're enthused about it. Now, I thought about this verse. This is over in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. What Paul says is this. Never be lacking in zeal. All right, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So you kind of get the idea of what Paul's trying to get. Now think about it. You, 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 you don't lack in this zeal. You're excited about it. You're, enthused, you're passionate about it. And keep your spiritual fervor. So you, you hear in that this idea of being passionate about it. Something that, but think about it for a second. When someone says you're passionate about it, that means that you, it is on your mind. It is something that runs your life. Think about it. What are the things that you're passionate about? Now, some of you, I know you're passionate about fishing. Some of them, I know you're passionate about golf. Some of them, I know you're passionate about cars. You know how I know that? It's pretty simple, right? You talk about it all the time. I go to your house, I see fish on your wall. Right? You're calling me every other day saying, let's go golfing. I know, right? You're passionate because you think about it. You do it. You're involved in it. You, th you think about how to be involved. You think about how to make yourself better at it. Now, what about your spiritual fervor? What about being zealous for your Lord? How's that going? Now, I noticed a couple things about this when I read it, though. First of all, I noticed that he said, keep your spiritual fervor, which tells me, maybe I'm just thinking about it simply because that's the only way I can think about anything is simply. But it tells me that you can lose it. If he says keep it, then the idea would be that, well, the reason he said keep it is because you can lose it. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something about spiritual fervor or being dedicated to the Lord, or at least in my life. What I found is, is that it naturally weakens. What I mean is if I don't focus on it, if I'm not thinking about it, if I'm not putting my life into it, it just naturally gets weaker and weaker. My, my dedication, my commitment to and thinking about it and serving my Lord with spiritual fervor, it kind of gets less and less and less. I think it just naturally does it. You know why I think it naturally does it? Because I think that's the way Satan works. Satan doesn't get you overnight. You guys agree with that? Most of the time, Satan doesn't get you overnight. But if you give him six months or six years, he will drag you, drag you, drag you, drag you. And if you don't keep your spiritual fervor, if you're not focused on this zeal, being zealous for your Lord, what happens is that you lose it and you lose it until you lose it. Right? So, my life is full of distractions. Anybody else? Constant bombardment with stuff, things, activities. This is going on. That's going on. Got to go here. Got to do this. Gotta... Nobody else like that? You liars. I know you are. Everybody's like that. Everybody's got it. Everybody's busy. Everybody... And what happens is because of the distractions, because we live in a world full of distractions, we lose focus on the important things. We lose our passion because it will naturally weaken if we don't keep it, make it happen, move forward in it. So the idea is to keep your spiritual. It's a conscious effort. It's something I try to do. I strive to do. I want to do. Uh, there's been different things that I've been passionate about in my past. Uh, I've been passionate about basketball. And I knew I was because that's all I did every day. Playing, playing, playing. My dad said, son, you got to quit playing. And so I moved from basketball to Teresa. passionate about Teresa. I've still kind of got basketball there, but Teresa hopefully still going to a certain degree. But I've noticed my passion for my wife, okay? I'm passionate about her, okay? But I've noticed that that can weaken if I don't try, make a conscious effort. This is important. She is important. My relationship with her is important. So therefore, I need to focus on it. Make a conscious effort. Now, I notice when I do that, that all of a sudden I think about it more. In other words, I become more passionate. I think about her more. And when I think about her more, then I'm more passionate about it, and I do more, and I, and I act more. And, I, and when I do that, then I think about it. Okay, it's kind of just this cycle that goes on. When it weakens is when I quit thinking about it. When I get so busy doing other stuff that I forget, wait a minute, I've got this person that I love and care for and I need to be focused on. It's the same way with my Lord. I want to be committed. And, and there's been times when I've been very passionate about my relationship with my God. But what I've got to be careful is, is that over time, because I'm distracted, because of all other things that go on, I kind of, I don't know, I don't think about it quite as much. And I find myself weaker. And I find myself falling. And what happens is I've got to refocus and say, wait a minute. I need to make sure that I'm dedicated to my Lord. Determine to maintain it. Make a decision. Wait a minute. God is real. My Lord is real. He has done everything for me. Lord, I'm yours. Everything I've got, everything I am. Nothing holding back. 
I belong to you. Passionate about it. There's a couple of things I thought about that for me are passion destroyers. We kind of talked about the idea of being distracted, but there's a couple of things. The first one is this. Unconfessed, yes, I know English teachers, that's not a word, but unconfessed sins. The idea of keeping those sins within you. You guys, we cannot feel enthusiasm and guilt at the same time. You just can't do it, especially about the same thing, okay? If you know you have an issue with your wife, you've got to take care of the issue before you can renew the passionate, being passionate toward her. Same way with people. Definitely that way with your Lord. You can't have simple stuff in your life and keep it there and be passionate about being God's. Those things won't go together. You have to decide, one, I've got to get this thing out of my life. I can't let that stay there. I can't let this simple thing be a part of it. If you do that, then you'll never be, I'm 100% Given heart, soul, mind, and strength, passionate for my Lord. Not going to happen. First thing, unconfessed sin. I thought about this, Psalm chapter 38. This is how the psalmist felt about it. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Anybody else there today? My guilt, it, it's just too much for me to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I'm bowed down and brought very low. People feel that way. And they will stay feeling that way as long as they had that guilt. And that sinful thing that they keep a hold of. Now, sometimes you went to your Lord and say, Father, please forgive me. And yet you're still keeping that guilt. Well, now that's a different story. You're keeping guilt that shouldn't be there. Because when our Lord forgives, He forgives completely. Would you guys agree with that? Nobody agrees with that? Oh, I see a nod. Okay, all right. Do you agree that when the Lord forgives, He forgives completely? Okay. Now, if that's the case, then that guilt should not hold you back. The guilt I'm talking about is the sinful thing that you may have in your life right now, and you're just keeping it there. You're just letting it stay there. Oh, yeah, of course you can't feel passion for your Lord because you know you've got something that's directly opposite of what He wants you to do in your life. You'll never be passionate about God if that's the case. Number one, the thing that will drag you down and will, not, and will kill your passion is unconfessed sin. Remember, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen? We know that's the case. So therefore, I'm asking today that we make sure that we confess it to our Lord. Now, let me ask you this before I move on. Does God know if you have a sinful thing in your life? Anybody saying no? God already knows. It's not like you're confessing something he doesn't already know, okay? The confession is not, well, Lord, I just got to tell you about this secret thing I've been hiding from you. <laughs> no, you're not hiding anything. That's not the issue. The issue is that you're keeping it in your life and you're not confessing it to the one who can forgive it. So therefore, I'm not saying, well, I guess I'll tell him. He already knows. He's just waiting for your heart to be broken to the point that you say, Lord, I'm yours. Everything I've got, everything I am, and everything I'm not, I'm yours. I belong to you. And today I just want you to know I've got this thing in my life, and I, and I know you know it's there, but I ask you to forgive me and let's move forward. Unconfessed sins will cause you never to be passionate about your Lord. Another thing I thought about was this. There's another passion story, and that's unresolved conflict. It'll never happen with your wife. 
If you have an argument, if you're keeping resentment, if you have this jealousy, uh, Job chapter 5, verse 2, Job is lamenting when he says, resentment kills a fool and envy slaps the simple. Slays, <laughs> slaps them too, I guess. Slays the simple, right? The idea would be, guys, if you have this resentment, if you have resentment toward people, if you have this conflict with people, then you cannot move forward and you're passionate, being passionate for the Lord. Why? Because we know how God acts toward people and asks us to act toward people. In other words, we can't, we can't have arguments and conflicts and, and struggles within our, especially within the body of Christ. Can't do it. And be passionate for your Lord. Unresolved conflict. Why is it? Just think about your marriage relationship for a minute. Why would you ever be jealous of your spouse? Now, what I mean by that is not, well, somebody likes her and I'm jealous. I don't want, of course you like her. She's beautiful. I understand that. And I might be jealous a little bit. But my idea is this. If she is exalted, why would I ever be jealous of that? Why would I want her? No, she can't be acknowledged or something good about her. Why would I feel that way? That doesn't make sense. And yet, I see marriage relationships where one will not only, if one is exalted, they'll feel jealousy about it, but they'll do what they can to drag them down. Family, if you're married today, let me give you a little hint. Never, ever put your spouse down in the presence of someone else. Ever, for any reason. Even if they need it. Don't do it. Don't ever do it. When you get home, if there's something that you need to say to them, you say it to them. And then she can get after you or whatever you said. But the idea is you never do that in public. You never treat your spouse like you're manipulating them. Don't do it. You'll have problems through the rest of your life. Don't do that. All right? Now, I say those things to say this. Jealousy controls people. Resentment. They'll have this anger toward another person. If you're, maybe you're thinking right now, I've got some anger toward this person. All right. Now, maybe it's fresh, and there's really not a whole lot you can do that besides take it to your Lord and just pray about it, okay? But especially with a little time, you need to move on, okay? You can't hold that resentment there. And aren't you glad your Lord didn't do it to you? Anybody not about that? Aren't you glad our Lord is not still resentful to the one who keeps sinning in his presence? Who keeps disregarding what he has done for me? Who scorns his sacrifice made for me? Oh, I'm so glad he doesn't hold that anger and hold that resentment toward me when I, do, when I mess up. You may be thinking right now, well, I just got this. Okay, I understand. Maybe it just happened to you and you got some stuff. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. I mean, what can you do about it? There's, it's, it's in you. But I'm saying, what are you, how are you going to handle it? Move forward. Ask your Lord to take care of it. Be around people who are going to encourage you in the right way. Let it go. Anger. Resentment. I also thought about this. This idea of prolonged anger. I thought about Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Maybe it will help us. In your anger, which means I can do what? You guys, you're reading it with me, right? In your anger, do not sin. So there's one thing you're going to have, and that's what? You guys with me on this deal or what? Right? Look at it. In your anger, which means you're going to have anger. anger. All right? When that happens, 
do not sin. The point to this is not never get angry. The point is when you do get angry, don't do sinful things. Don't say sinful things. Don't have sinful attitudes. In your anger, do not sin. And then he says this, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, you don't keep it there. And then he says something that is really the key to this thing. He says, do not give the devil a foothold. If you keep anger in your heart and it dwells there, you know what's going to happen? There's another that's going to dwell there. Because that's where the devil gets his foothold. You don't let that happen. So I say those things just to remind you. You want to destroy your passion? Then just get angry. Have conflicts and keep them there. And keep yourself in conflict all the time. Oh, you can't be passionate about your Lord who says you're not supposed to do those things if you're doing things you know he, shouldn't, he doesn't want you to do. Passion killers. Now, there's a couple things I thought about, though, that will build your passion. First of all, and maybe foremost of all, is set your mind on the right things. Think about the right things, right? This is what was read a few minutes ago, Philippians chapter 4. Think on some good stuff. How about things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable? Is that what you've been thinking about this week? Is that what you've been focusing on this week? Too many times what I think about are terrible things, things I shouldn't be thinking about. Maybe it is my anger. Maybe it is my pride. Maybe I'm going to stand up and I'm going to tell them. And I, or maybe it's all oh, this because things are just so terrible. Think about things that are true and admirable and right and praiseworthy. If there's anything like that, think about those things. What I've noticed is when I think about the things I'm supposed to, that changes my outlook on everything. You want to be passionate about your Lord? First of all, maybe you have to change your thinking, the things you think about. Secondly, remember your past. If you want to be passionate about your Lord, remember your past. What I mean is this. Don't you know that wrongdoers won't inherit the kingdom of God? Now, don't be deceived about it because neither sexual moral, idolaters, adulterers, men who have sex with men, thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanders, swindlers, won't inherit the kingdom of God and you, whatever list you want to put on there. And this is what he says about those people. And that is what some of you were. You used to be like that. That apply to anybody in here? You ever have any sin in your life separate you from your Lord? Anybody? Okay. That is what... We were, but we were washed, sanctified, justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, if that's happened to us, if Jesus has done that for us, and if we think about that, then guys, we, we can't help but be passionate about our Lord. Look at what He's done for us. Look at the sacrifice He made for me. Look at the gift that he has given me. And what have I done to deserve it? Nothing. As a matter of fact, opposite of that. What I've done are things that I shouldn't deserve it. And yet he gave it for me anyway. You want to be passionate about your Lord? Let's let, think about that every time you get up in the morning. Think about that when you go through your day. Think about that when you're tempted to be angry or when you're tempted to hold grudges against somebody or when you're tempted to be jealous or resentful. Think about those things. And then you say, wait a minute, I can't do that. Wow, look at what he's done for me. Let me close with one other thought. This is in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. Because what I hear Jeremiah saying is passion. Sometimes I tell myself not to think about you, Lord, or even mention your name. I don't, I don't, sometimes I, tell, I, just, I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do this anymore. 
but your message burns in my heart, in my bones, and I cannot keep silent. Just, just something inside of me. What have you? Look at what you've done for me. Look at this message you have given me. I can't keep that to myself. I just, I can't help but talk about it. Oh, so people will make fun of me. Yeah, try to hold it in. I can't do it. Passionate about it. Something I think about it. Something I live for. It's who I am. Everything I am. Everything is His. This morning, if you find your passion gone, let's reignite that thing. Wait a minute. God is everything. Our Lord is everything. He needs my life, and I'm going to give Him my life because I need Him. Today, I belong to my Lord. Everything I am. Now, if you know that's not the case, and you know you're not your Lord's, won't you decide today, time to turn things around. From this point on, I'm going to lift my Lord.